0: Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, March 16th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content. It is starting to feel like Grover in the monster at the end of this book with the Giroux trade. <laughs> like,
0: I don't know what that means. I don't want
1: to I I don't want to turn the page. I don't want to turn the page. Okay. Uh, classic kids book, one of the best. Anyway, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at Lockdown at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at our Miriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about the latest from Flyers practice and the preparations for Claude Giroux's celebration night. And we are going to answer your mailbag questions. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe, and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so the Flyers had a practice session yesterday. Uh, Scott Lawton is still out with that concussion, which is really unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I feel bad. It's I I hope he'll get back before the end of the season, but. With concussions, you just never know.
1: Yeah, and given the way that things are with the Flyers right now, I think you just take every precaution and you don't take any chances here because there's really no reason to. No. Uh, Practice lines were shifted around a little bit again, which the one good thing is they got Limblom off the fourth line, which is a good thing. But you know what this (laughs) is? I think they mixed up the first two lines.
0: Right. This is like for every good thing, there's two bad things. So like (laughs) JVR on the top line, what could, and even Broussard, what, did Broussard not annoy the coach after he helped contribute to giving up the losing goal in the last game? Did that not piss him off at all? Pissed me off. Like, I don't understand this coach.
1: I don't either. And I do have to wonder because you would think at least in the back of my head that they would want to potentially give Giroux choice of line mates Mm -hmm. for this game. And so maybe he wants to play with Frost and Konechny. Maybe he doesn't, but maybe that is affecting what's going on here. But, uh, you know, that's the only thing I got (laughs) right now. (laughs) That's funny. And uh, the other interesting thing is that Provi and York are playing together, which I mm-hmm. thought is nice. It's a really good opportunity for Cam.
0: Yeah, we'll see what he can do. I mean, the, the only downside of this is that because Provorov is sort of like dependent on his partner, and now his partner is a guy with not much experience, Provorov could actually hurt York in this game. And, you know, we never would say that in the past, but that's something where it's like, I hope he doesn't cross him up.
1: Yeah, I just think, though, given all of the circumstances, I want to see if Provorov can carry a pairing with a younger guy and be that mentor, because that's what we're going to need from him down the road. He can't be carried anymore. He has to do the carrying. And so this is a good opportunity for him to show whether he can or can't do that. And it's important information for the Flyers to know.
0: No, I think that's fair. I just... I just want to caution. I don't think Cam York's ready to be on a top pair like in the NHL next year. Uh, I hope this is just like, hey, we're just kind of looking at it and seeing. Oh, That's I'm just, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm sure. I just think it's a good experiment for both of them. It is. And I bet that the minutes are slightly more balanced than they usually are between that pairing and the Sandheim-Risto line-in pairing. Uh, I I bet we see, you know, Sandheim and Risto get a a a couple of more minutes than they normally
0: would. So what would the bet online odds be for when we're going to hear that Ryan Ellis is out for the season? Because there's literally no information about Ryan Ellis anymore.
1: I don't think anybody cares. I don't, honestly, <laughs> I think we've all just written it off yeah. for the season. And it's not even a question that's worth asking at this point because okay. there's no reason or incentive at this point. Right now, I just want to see the younger guys and what they can do. Fair. Uh, not much change on the PowerPoint, uh, the power play either. So I think that. It's uh, that's kind of locked in and it, and it is what it is. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be successful for the Flyers.
0: Well, it has Keith handled the point, so it won't be.
1: But on the upside, we did get a ton of information about the festivities around Claude Giroux's 1000th game tomorrow night. And they're doing a ton like we thought they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be, man, that first teaser for the video tribute, I was already crying. I was a disaster. So the whole thing, I don't even know what that's going to do. All right.
0: So give me an example of what you cry at and what you don't cry at. Because I, I don't know if you're like an easy crier or not.
1: Um, I'm an easy crier when... I am personally connected to something. Okay. So Claude Giroux has a, just a lot of personal meaning for me as a Flyers fan and who, as somebody who's followed his entire career uh, from the even before the draft all the way through to the present day. He's taken up a significant portion of my lifetime as a Flyers fan. We have the same birthday, so I've felt a personal connection to him that way. And I'm also very easily manipulated by music in videos. And so if there's the right music in the background, it's going to get me every time.
0: Okay. I mean, I might get misty, but as an example, um, like one of the bobbleheads behind you, if that were to fall and it just instantly cracks in half, any one of them, you're connected to that. Are you going to cry over that?
1: No, because stuff isn't important to me.
0: Okay. All right. Now I have an idea.
1: People and experiences are important to me. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, yeah. So we'll have all those videos. There's going to be T-shirts. All the players are going to wear number 28 jerseys. Nice. My favorite part of the whole thing, aside from the ceremony and the family all be there, is grilled cheese will be available everywhere in the arena. Yeah, that's awesome. As a person, I think grilled cheese is probably my favorite food, too. And it's just the tastiest thing on this planet. I don't know what bread and butter and cheese do in that combination that makes it the greatest food, but it is. And the fact, again, I have the same birthday as Claude Giroux. I have the same favorite food as Claude Giroux. I now play hockey. Nowhere near as <laughs> close to him, of course. No, I but, mean,
0: few um, do. I
1: just, I just feel this personal connection okay. in a way that uh, makes me appreciate all of this. The
0: only thing I could say is, like I love grilled cheese and definitely eat it every once in a while. Uh, not with white bread though. I'm over the white bread. Oh breading. no, whole
1: wheat. Whole yeah, wheat. I
0: mean, it could be whole wheat. It could be like all kinds of different bread. It could be, uh, you know, some sort of fancy, even a roll, like, a, like Italian bread rather, that kind of thing. Like it could be a lot of different ways, but I'm just saying, I'm, as a kid, it was always like white bread and whatever, sliced cheese. Now it's kind of like, as an adult, I do look for some other things. Maybe I put Colby cheese on it. You know what I mean? I look for Mm -hmm. some variations.
1: Yeah, sometimes you want to put a tomato on it.
0: Yeah, tomato. Now, do you ever do that? See, I don't know. All right, I'm going to say this and hopefully it doesn't offend. I don't know if this is a Jewish thing or it was in my house thing, but we used to do the grilled cheese as like open face with the tomato and kind of broil it. Was that something that was done in your house?
1: I think so. Yeah. So I, mean, I think I it's a Jewish it thing that then. Way, I do. But I've seen it. Yeah. I, I don't
0: either. But my parents did. And they would put like salt on the tomato and it would go in the oven and they would bake it that way. It was pre toaster oven. You know,
1: I am getting hungry right now <laughs> from this conversation. So uh, let's uh, go back to some of the other things that are going to be a, a part of the celebration on Thursday. Uh, I'm excited that the family is going to be there, yes. you know, Ryan and Gavin and Palmer. And this is just, you know, I think also our last time, you know, I've said many times on this show, um, Ryan Giroux has been so unbelievably generous with sharing a little bit of their lives Yeah, she's been outside great. of the rank And it's something that I appreciate tremendously. So to see them as part of Claude getting honored, I think, is absolutely appropriate
0: yeah it's nice i mean what i'm seeing here as far as for like the pregame ceremony is nice it's really it's a, it's first class
1: it is so i am looking forward to it i'm sure everybody in the building will appreciate it and it'll be a good time so We are going to switch over to answering your mailbag questions coming up next, some of which are related to Claude Giroux, but first we're gonna hear about Bilt Bar.
0: This is the time of the year you might have given up on New Year's resolutions, but I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. All built bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of carbs. They have so many delicious flavors like mint brownie, coconut, and coconut almond. New for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. New flavors are coming out all the time. At Bilt Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com. Use promo code locked fifteen and get fifteen percent off your order. Use promo code lock fifteen for fifteen percent off at built.com.
1: Next Monday, of course, is the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern. So we will have a special Locked On Fantasy Hockey live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone. They'll have appearances from our roster of local team experts. Maybe you'll see us there. And for our immediate reaction, catch our trade deadline reaction episode posting that day. All right, getting into our mailbag. First question is a really good one, given that we're approaching Frozen 4 time. What's the latest with Bobby Brink? When could he, in theory, start playing for the Flyers or Phantoms?
0: Well, they're ranked third. They could go all the way. So, if they let's Uh,
1: say, you mean University
0: University of Denver, Denver, yes, for people who don't know. Yeah, so they could go all the way. And so, based on that, you know, you're talking sometime late April. So, like, AHL, I think, is out at that point, right? Because, you know, they're not making any kind of playoffs. Um, And Flyers would be out at that point. Now, if his team gets eliminated next round, then you could see him, but he has to sign. He's third year there. You want to get him signed now, because if he goes back for a fourth year, then you then have to sweat it out and hope that he still wants to play for your team. So they're going to have to try and sign him now. And then as far as getting him, let's say you get him next year. Let's say, you know, Denver wins it all, and you're not getting him this year. So you get him next year. He still needs a full year in the AHL without ever sniffing the NHL, because if you look at his games played, You know, it's another similar situation, maybe not as bad, but close to Wade Allison where, like, since 2017-18, he hasn't played over 50 games ever. So he really needs to sort of build up pro hockey endurance. He's a guy that has had injuries before. This year, uh, he's been pretty healthy, but he has had injuries before because sometimes he will put himself in a bad position to make a play and has gotten hurt because he's not the biggest guy. But he does have a, you know, very high skill level. And could be a nice NHLer, but you really have to let him get that first year of the AHL and make sure he can get through it healthy. If not, then you know what? You start him in that second year in the AHL. you got to get a certain amount of games in for him. I, don't, I wouldn't even care if he's leading the AHL in scoring. I'm leaving him down there simply because it's about the games and not about what level he's at.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Frozen Four is April, I believe, 7th and 9th this year. Okay. So there are three more weeks left in both the NHL and AHL seasons. He could potentially play some games with the Phantoms, but I don't know that he would need to rush it. Um, I think starting next season with the Phantoms is an absolutely okay move if he's yeah. like no i want to sign now and let yeah he might do it
0: you're right some players then sure do that.
1: if if he's especially motivated to do so i think that's fine but he could also want to finish out the school year hang right. out with his friends and have like a last hurrah with them which is also okay too you know that happens in too. college
0: no you're right yeah so if you know the fact that it's early april there is that open door um and so yeah it's always a 50 50 it is
1: yeah all right, so we're going to talk about a couple of trade deadline related things. First off, now that Drew Hellison and Tyson Jost are off the market for the abs due to trades they've made, how does that affect a potential deal with them for Claude Giroux?
0: Well, it affects them in a the sense that if you want a defenseman, you have to go with uh, Justin Maron now. Like, that's mm-hmm. just, you have to do that. So before you had a choice. Now that the other shoe has fallen, you don't have a choice. So that's that's one thing I I think you have to look at. And then the other thing you have to look at is the Avalanche aren't waiting around. And so, you know, you are soon you're soon gonna be in a situation where Joe Sackick is going to maybe get a little bored waiting, getting, you know, sort of like put off by Chuck saying, We don't know, we don't know, we don't know. And they're looking for something faster than that. So what could happen is you could get through the thousandth game for Giroux, and you know, Joe Sackick might call during that game and said, All right, can we get a deal right after the game? Because I yeah. really need him here because our vision is we're, you know, we got to finish this season out strong. This is where I want to finish in the standings. Like this is the the battle that Chuck's gonna have, and not every GM is gonna wanna wait, and it would affect what your return is then because you're fighting with other teams that want them too. Now, Claude, you know, controls it. And the belief is there's probably four teams at most, maybe three. So like, you know, Colorado, Florida, New York, and maybe there's, you know, one other team and that's maybe it.
1: Yeah. I think the timing is going to be a huge factor here, but uh, as far as the, You know, those guys being off the market. I think that you're right about the defenseman situation, but I also think that they've cleared a little bit of cap space so that could potentially allow them uh, to... Uh, take on more of Giroux's salary than maybe they would have. That's fair. So I'm um, I'm hoping that is part of why they made that deal is to allow them to to pay Claude Giroux more than the Flyers will. But again, we'll see.
0: You know, but you know the trick is the more you, re- you the more in retention, the better the return.
1: Return, yeah. Well, it it is a balance, like we always say. Um. Do you think that Lawton getting hurt increases or decreases the chance of Konechny getting traded at the deadline?
0: Um, I think it stays the same. I don't want to be that guy, but I, I, I'm going to have to be. I think it stays the same. I think whatever your plans are, are your plans. It shouldn't matter what's happened to Scott Lawton. You know you're keeping him, so if you plan on trading Travis Konechny and there's the right offer, then you trade him.
1: Yeah, I think you're right there. I, I think I I might hesitate a little bit just because you need somebody out there, and those guys can play similar-ish roles. Um, so, I think that you know maybe from a risk management perspective, you might change your mind there. But I think if you're looking further in the future than the rest of this season, then it shouldn't change your mind. Right. All right. So. Next question, Giroux related. What is the best line Giroux has played with during his career with the Flyers?
0: That's a good question. Um, I want to say, was it Giroux, Hartnell, and and Yager? Were they all on the yeah. same line? That was I it. I mean,
1: that's it for me. That is definitely it for me. I know when he first started playing, and he was on a line with Danny Briere. I think that was a lot of fun, especially mm-hmm. because it was like early, and they had those playoff runs that were great. But Yager was, was part of that too, a little bit later on. And so I just think, you know, the combination, it, you had all the skill that you needed in a line. And then a mucker and Hartner each. who could score mm-hmm. to like everything. Exactly. You had everything. Yeah. Exactly. You just had every single skill that you needed to have a successful line in hockey with that Hartnell, Yager, Giroux line. And it was just so much fun to watch. So Now,
0: funny thing, this was back in the day where you could just um, walk into the, into the locker room and you weren't into the main, main locker room, but you were going into the, a big part of it. And we opened it up one day, like we didn't, the equipment guys did. And all of a sudden Yager was standing there with a weighted vest on his back. And I have video of this. It's super funny because he was just like, uh, I guess I'm going to have to talk <laughs> about what I'm wearing here now. Right. And oh, yeah. he would do well, that. He's he w-
1: famous for that.
0: No, but he doesn't like to admit what his training methods are. And what he does, he likes to keep things secret, and he likes to keep like his sticks secret too. You're not allowed to touch them. You're not. There's a whole thing. But he had to actually had to explain the whole backpack weighted backpack thing that day. It was funny.
1: Our next question is: Will Ian Lapierre retain his job as head coach in Lehigh Valley next season?
0: I I don't think so. I think. they're going to get a new coach, right? And the new coach, I think, is going to talk to Ian and look at things and say, you know, I kind of have a guy for this. And the new coach, before he gets hired, maybe even make a recommendation. And then I think it'll be up to the Flyers whether they keep Perrier in the organization still or they say, all right, look, you've been great with us, but we're going to go in a different direction. Honestly, I could see it going that way because I don't know if he's reached his level where, like, that's it, like, you know, we, we have suitable replacements for you, what you used to do, and we really don't have another job for you. I think that could, that could happen to him.
1: Yeah, I think you're on to something there. My take on it is that there are two potential paths here where either Chuck Fletcher in this hiring process for the new coach puts a demand that LePerrier is safe, and he is going to be a part of the team and so when he does interviews for coaching like that'll be part of the discussion right or he could have this hiring process where he tries to find the right coach for the team no matter what and then whatever it it could go either way depending on what that coach wants or doesn't want but i would certainly hope regardless that there would be a more integrated approach to coaching and development between the flyers and the phantoms that the communication is better. The goals are clearly defined. There are some similarities, but key differences in what the flyers and phantoms are doing systems wise, uh, because obviously you have to cater it a little bit to the personnel that you have, Mm -hmm. but you need to be able to plug and play to some degree as well. So you have to have somebody that understands that balance and, that can motivate and that can teach. And I think Lappy can do those things, but I think he thrives better in more of an assistant role to do them. And so, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he can do better in the future and this year has been a tremendous learning experience for him. But I think that that needs to be part of the interview process for this new coach, that they have to either want carte blanche to do their own thing and hire who they want and Lappy can be part of that discussion and interview process once the coach is hired. Mm-hmm. I, I would just hate to see Chuck Fletcher put a line in the sand saying you have to keep this guy no matter what.
0: Right. Because I believe they did it before when he was an assistant with, you know, with, with mm-hmm. the Vigneault hire. And I think Chuck needs to sort of stay out of that this time. If it's a younger guy, he'll go with what Chuck says. If it's a veteran guy, if it's a big name, they're not going to want to do that.
1: I don't think so either. All right. So looking at our prospects and development for the rest of the season, if you were to bet on Flyers games played for the rest of the season for Morgan Frost, Cam York, Wade Allison, and Isaac Radcliffe, what would you say? There's 23 games left. So how many of them are each of them going to play?
0: I am going to say 21 for Frost 10 for Ratcliffe, and for York, 23.
1: What about Wade Allison?
0: Oh, Allison, five. <laughs> well, I can't pick a high number. No, like, I
1: know. No, I know. I'm not doing that's it funny. to be a jerk. I'm laughing. No, I'm laughing because that's the exact number in my head. Oh, okay. Him. All right. Because we have no idea with his injury history. So five is probably the best bet to make. But yeah, I do think you know, Morgan Frost will play most of them, but not all of them. I would have mm-hmm. you know, said somewhere in the 18 to 20 range for him. Cam York's going to play all of them. Mm-hmm. And Isaac Ratcliffe will get the last 10 games. Yeah. Alright, last question related to some uh, news from yesterday, not in hockey. What is your take on the new potential permanent daylight saving time?
0: Uh, so just to be clear, we're never going to fall forward again.
1: We're, we're never going to move at all. It's just we're going to stay. We're, so it we're stays, in daylight so it's, saving time, and we're just going to stay here for perpetuity.
0: So what it is today is what it'll be forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fine with it. That's how I li- would like it, actually. Uh, I don't like... Yeah, you know, When I say fall forward, it's always fall back. I don't like mm-hmm. it when the changes occur, and I like it better this way because... Even though it stays a little darker, a little bit longer in the summer, except eventually you get longer days in the summer and that sort of negates itself. Uh, I like it being lighter out longer at night because I find that the earlier uh, it gets darker, the less motivated I am to do anything. But if it's light out at like 637, I still may go do something outside.
1: Yeah, I want the reverse. I know it's not a popular <laughs> opinion. I, I want it to be the same all year round, but I want to stay in standard time because I okay. need the sun to get up in the morning. Okay. And in the, the entire winter under daylight saving, it, sometimes the sun won't rise until 830. And that's just untenable for me. Cause then untenable. You need to wow. Yeah, I need sunlight in the morning to get out of bed. You could just and get so one of those. I would rather have it get darker earlier.
0: So You I could get, get a bright clock that has that, you know, the big, you know, the big orange light that just well, shines on you.
1: I, I am a simple person with simple needs. Just give me the sun in the morning, please.
0: If you lived in Plattsburgh, you would never see the sun. So, like, you know, you got to think of it those But terms. I don't
1: live in Plattsburgh.
0: There's a reason why. Nobody should.
1: All right. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. As part of the celebration, the Flyers created a micro site on their website for everything uh, with information about tickets and, and the ceremony and all of that. So we have a link to that in our show notes for you. And we will be back tomorrow to talk more about Claude Giroux on his special day. Uh, we have a guest, Wayne Fish, who's covered the team for a long time. A hundred lo- years. A lot of great stories to tell about Claude Giroux. So we're excited to talk to him about Giroux's thousandth game. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Honestly, like poor Nashville Predators, nobody cares about them.
0: No, I mean, <laughs> so... they're really going to be like just sitting around, like, yeah. you know, watching. They might get mad. Like I could see... Some of the guys, you know, maybe starting up with the Flyers. Um, I'm sure a lot of them will sort of talk to Giroux in between whistles. That will happen. But, you know, the one thing about this is, you know, Giroux is going to be embarrassed. He doesn't oh, yeah. like all this.
1: He hates it. He won't even, like, lead stretches during practice. No. He hates being the center of attention. So I hopefully Ryan will uh, take care of him and get him through. <laughs> All right. Uh, that'll do it for today's show. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
0: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
1: You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.